The African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas is a Christ-centered community that welcomes all people. It embraces and it executes the core values of Blessed Absalom Jones, which are leadership, morality, spirituality, equal rights, education, liberty, charity, justice, humanitarianism, self-determination, self-respect, and freedom. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Hello, everyone. Bishop Rob Wright here, and this is Four People. Uh, today, we have a, a special guest, a, a longtime friend, a distinguished servant uh, of, uh, of the Lord of the Church, Jesus Christ, the very Reverend Canon Martini Shaw, rector, that is, senior pastor of the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas in Philadelphia. Father Shaw, welcome. Thank you, Bishop Wright. Thank you so much. I'm honored to have received the invitation. Man, we're glad that you are here. Uh, a little bit about uh, uh, Canon Martini Shaw. He's a, a native of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he holds uh, degrees from uh, Wayne State uh, in psychology and biology. Uh, he has graduated from, uh, he has his divinity degree from McCormick Theological Seminary in Hyde Park, uh, Chicago some years ago, uh, <laughs> but he is the 17th rector of the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas, also known as the church that Absalom Jones founded. And for those who don't know, uh, the Reverend Absalom Jones is the first African-American uh, Episcopal priest in the Episcopal Church. Uh, he's so much more than that, but that's a great place uh, to start. And you, you've been there since 2003 as the senior minister, as the rector. Is that right? Um, that is correct. January 1st, um, 2020, 2003. Yes. All right. Amazing how time flies. Congratulations on, on all that. So we're, we're here in February. We celebrate Absalom Jones in February. We celebrate him uh, on the day of his death, February 13th. But what, what should we know about Absalom Jones that is really relevant for us right now? I'm sure you get asked questions like that all the time, but but what should we know of him? We know something of his history, but what should we know of him that immediately connects to right now? Well, I, first I would just say that I think it's great that the Episcopal Church um, throughout our country now celebrates the Feast of Absalom Jones, February 13th, um, as a feast day. Um, I think that in itself um, adds um, much credibility to the importance of um, his life, his ministry, his stewardship amongst us um, when he was um, alive and in ministry. Um, but certainly today, I, when I ask that question, I reflect upon um, the theme of the struggle for justice continues. The struggle for justice continues. Um, Absalom Jones was a servant of advocate, an advocate for social justice, racial justice, all forms of um, justice in our in our country. And I like to always. And I'm going to read um, this scripture that actually was a text that Absalom used January first. 
Sure, his Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving sermon. Absolutely, his Thanksgiving um, um, sermon. Also, um, the importance of that date, of course, um, you might, um, many may be aware that that was the actual official um, legislative federal legislation for the um, abolition of the transatlantic transatlantic um, slave trade. Um, so, he he his the scripture that he used was um, Exodus. The book of Exodus, the third chapter, verses seven and eight. And it, it's, it reads as follows. Then the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their task masters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, that Thanksgiving sermon on January 1st, 1808, that Absalom preached um, using that text really was the foundation of much of his work. Um, the, the freedom of the Israelites to, um, to the Egyptians and that God was on their side, and that God is a God of the oppressed. And that same message, I think, holds for us today, that God is the God of the oppressed. And um, certainly during the time of Absalom, oppression um, that he was mainly dealing with was the oppression of um, racism and discrimination and then slavery. Um, but oppression, injustice, continues even today in 2023 in other areas continue certainly continuing in the area of um, social justice but so, certainly in the area of, of race but there are other forms of injustice as well that um, our people are experiencing today whether it be um, from a gender standpoint or um, racism or sexism or homophobia um, homophobiaism um, there are still many isms today that one can classify as injustice. And this scripture, scripture of Exodus 3, 7 through 8 certainly is one that I think we can hold on to today and embrace and use as our impetus to really continue to fight um, for the struggle of justice in our, in our world, actually. Well, that, that's something I want to talk about because, you know, the, the, the church uh, is founded in 1792. I mean, that's that's incredible to me. Um, you know, he he uh, he and his friend Richard Allen were worshiping in a Methodist church. Uh, and apparently they were so successful in welcoming black people to that congregation. They made some people nervous. And uh, the white folks then wanted to assign uh, uh, these uh, these black folks to the balcony, and they decided that was not going to happen. And so Absalom Jones, Richard Allen, and uh, and uh, the, the black members of that congregation walked out on mass. And just a, a few years later, what's extraordinary to me, just a few years later, they are connecting uh, with people across state lines. Uh, who who want to develop benevolent societies? They are sharing resources. Um, they are working on behalf of, of men and women who are still enslaved. Um, and and then they found the church in 1792. Um, they get it built, uh, you know, in just about two years. Um, you know that would be uh, an incredible feat today. 
Um, and, and so what's amazing to me about Absalom Jones, a, a man who was born uh, enslaved, uh, is, is that he had a thirst for learning, but he had a real gift for mobilizing people. And, and so I, I wonder how is that alive now? Because, you know, the, the church where you're the senior minister, you know, that, that has his DNA. Um, and, and so how is that still alive at, at St. Thomas now? Well, um, actually, while Absalom and Richard Allen were attending St. George's Methodist Church um, in 1787, actually, is when they founded um, the organization called the Free African Society. And that Free African Society was an organization that really was about fellowship, was about worship, and was about um, helping and assisting um, free Africans who were in need. Um, the the um, yellow fever epidemic that hit Philadelphia, the Free African Society was very uh, much in the forefront um, of working uh, with people, with families who were suffering from that, that um, epidemic, epidemic. One of the ways that we have lived that out is St. Thomas, during the um, pandemic, the start of the pandemic a couple of years ago, we were in the forefront of our city in terms of living out that dream, not that, 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 not that dream, but living out that effort that Absalom and Richard Allen, both in the Free African Society, were in the forefront of helping folks during um, the epidemic. St. Thomas today, we have a health ministry that is um, very much strong and alive. We were one of the first churches in the city of Philadelphia that offered um, vaccination clinics when the first vaccine for COVID came out. Um, St. Thomas was right there in the front, of, in front, and we were moved and motivated by the fact that, as you said, that's in our DNA to be in the forefront of issues and, and situations and, and problems that may arise in society, may arise also um, in our world. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. You know, I um, uh, I was asked to to preach here uh, a couple days ago. Uh, you know, as we celebrated the ministry of Absalom Jones here in in, in Atlanta, and you know, I made I made three points uh, that really emerge out of uh, Absalom Jones's life and his writing, the little writing that we have of him, uh, and that is that he loved God, uh, he loved black people, uh, and he loved the world. And, um, you know, the reason why I got to love God is that he always starts off with God. It's always grounded in a scriptural text. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, God is for him a companion in all of this work. And you get that sense. He loved black people. He he uh, he served, uh, you know, as a layperson uh, and, and, and as a deacon for a very long time before he became a priest. 
um, and, uh, and, you know, was able to be really successful in inviting people into the society, Free African Society, as well as to church and to mobilize them. I mean, you know, you get an image that, uh, that uh, Absalom Jones and Richard Allen were running towards the yellow fever epidemic uh, and trying to resource people. Um, and so and then the last uh, sort of point was, is that Absalom Jones loved the world. And, and you get a sense, I, at least I get a sense, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, that in as much as, you know, the worship life of St. Thomas was important, um, he seemed to be very uh, attentive to the needs of the world, the needs of the people in the world. You know, sometimes one of the great liabilities for those uh, like uh, folks like you and me who serve the churches is that we can be, uh, if we're not careful, confined to the church. Um, and you get a sense of Absalom Jones's ministry that he, he very much cared about the world. Um, he didn't stop advocating for people who were still enslaved. Um, he was attentive to the needs of people who were, you know, who didn't have resources, et cetera. Is, is that right or am I missing something? Oh, absolutely. Um, he always put God first. Um, he always uh, um, was concerned and focused on his people, black people. But I think it went beyond that. I think he was concerned about the world. Um, and, and much of that, probably when he left St. George's, um, he went to the Episcopal Church, of course, while Richard Allen went to the um, form, uh, founded the AME Church. But there was something about the structure of the Episcopal Church that attracted Absalom to that church. People always want, wonder about that. They wonder, why didn't he go with Richard Allen and found the AME Church? Why did he uh, end up as an Episcopalian? You say it was the structure, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he, of course, you know, he, he attended St. Peter's Church when he was a slave with his slave master. When he, mo- when he moved here from um, Delaware with his slave master, they attended St. Peter's Church. And it was, yes, yeah, St. Peter's Episcopal Church. Um, and it was there at St. Peter's. And he eventually, of course, left St. Peter's and ended okay. up at St. George's Methodist Church. Um, to eventually return back to the Episcopal Church because of his fondness, Saint Peter's I think, Episcopal Church. Not only the structure of our okay. church, but the fact that it was a church that was, as you described, um, concerned about world issues um, as well as local issues. So I think that's interesting. Was- I, I don't think that we tell that part of the story very well. Uh, and so he had some familiarity with the Episcopal Church. Oh, absolutely. That's that's where he attended with his slave master. Okay. Yes. Fasc- fascinating. And, and so, and so St. Thomas has been a, a strength and stay for, for a lot of movers and shakers in Philadelphia and people who've gone on um, to contribute to our, our common life uh, in, in the United States. Uh, something about Absalom Jones is still alive in that for me, that, that you have been uh, the rector there for a long time and that you get to be a companion with people uh, who are moving and shaking. Tell us a little bit about some of the people who, who get strength from a- Absalom Jones's uh, example who are or members of the congregation. Well, St. Thomas is certainly not, well, first of all, we're not just a sh- church of movers and shakers. We are definitely a church that welcome all people, all God's people. Um, and you can see that in our demographics in terms of we now have um, quite a few non-African-American members 
who are now there because they have embraced um, Absalom's um, dream, Absalom's um, dream of equality and justice. Uh, we now have LGBTQ folks, um, younger younger folks. Um, so our, our theme, and, and we kind of hold on to, let me just share this with you. Um, this is our mission statement, and we really hold this um, close to our hearts as we are planning ministry today and for the future. Um, the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas is a Christ-centered community that welcomes all people. It embraces and it executes the core values of Blessed Absalom Jones, which are leadership, morality, spirituality, equal rights, education, liberty, charity, justice, humanitarianism, self-determination, self-respect, and freedom. We are an open Christ-centered community of faith in which the gospel is taught, lived, and spread. And we're in the midst now, post-pandemic, of what we're called what we have been calling reimagining what that means in 2023 and beyond. So we're in the season of reimagining. How do we reimagine the um, spread of the gospel? How do we teach it differently? How do we live it differently? Um, so this season of reimagining is very, very exciting for us because it allows us to reimagine what Absalom um, would be about today. Yeah, and 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 that brings me sort of, I suppose, to sort of my last question uh, is, so I mean, you know, as, as Dr. King said, you know, use your your sanctified imagination here for a second, and uh, and and bring Absalom Jones uh, to Philadelphia right now, um, and 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 based on you knowing his, you know, the blueprint of his ministry and the trajectory and arc of his ministry, what do you think he's paying a lot of attention to right now? Well, one of the things Philadelphia is experiencing now, and our nation just heard this morning three additional shootings, is um, the rapid spread of violence, especially gun violence in our in our nation. And Philadelphia is certainly not immune from that. I think he would be in the forefront of how do we address this very serious issue in our society: gun violence, healthcare disparity. In our communities, I sit on a board of a, of a medical center here in Philadelphia, and let me tell you, I mean, we we see the disparity of healthcare for um, persons of um, in certain communities, and it was very, and it was even evident in uh, during the, the the pandemic, even more so, I think. So I think he would be concerned about the the gun violence. I think he would be concerned about um, health disparity. Um, and just um, inclusivity um, all around, making sure that um, we're continuing to fight and struggle for justice, justice being defined in 2023, somewhat different from justice being defined when the church first opened its doors in 1792, but still justice. Yeah. Well, you know, that that wonderful text um, you know, from Isaiah that Jesus uses to start his public ministry, you know, that has as a component of it to set the captive free. 
you know, it really invites us to think about that imaginatively. And so in Absalom's day, it meant one thing, but in our day, it means something else. Um, but, you know, what I love about people like Absalom Jones and Richard Allen and so many others is, is that you just get a sense that at the center of their ministry is that liberation piece. That is that God has made us to be free in, in an expansive sense. And they just not going to stop working until more of us, uh, even all of us, know something about that freedom. Yeah, we're 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 even this year for our Lenten series. That just I'm taking this reimagining further. First of all, we were asked all guilds and groups and organizations of the ministries of the parish to look at ways of reimagining their ministry. And our Lenten series this year, we are even looking at the Ten Commandments reimagined. What do, what do the Ten Commandments mean in 2023? We know when they were written. We, we kind of know what, um, well, at least we, we, we've been told what they mean, what they meant when they were written. Um, but what do they mean for us yeah. today? I, I love that about the Episcopal tradition, actually. I mean, we have listeners who listen from all kinds of um, uh, religious spaces, even faiths. Um, but one of the things that we say uh, in the Episcopal Church is, is uh, and it's right in the, uh, our, the very beginning of our Book of Common Prayers, is that uh, our tradition should hold in tension. Um, the tradition that we've inherited, and it uses this other phrase, the exigencies of time. In other words, those things that are unfolding. And so we are supposed to live between the tradition that we've received and the unfolding of things, because we know God is not done. And we know that God did not stop speaking with the last period in the book of Revelation. So our work is always to be sort of living in that tension, uh, taking the Spirit's counsel and reimagining our work so that I guess we stay tethered to this idea of Christ-centered, uh, liberation-oriented good work. Is, is, yeah, so I'm I'm so glad to hear that St. Thomas, I mean, uh, a congregation with with such a storied past is, you know, cuz some folks just get real settled in their in their in their past. Absolutely. 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 And I think that's one of the um challenges that many of our parishes in the in the Episcopal Church and other churches denominations are um having today in terms of staying relevant. One stays relevant, in my opinion, one stays relevant by reimagining. In fact, I think there's a, you might be familiar with it, the growth curve, the normal growth curve of a church, or maybe not even a church, maybe an institution, period, is that it goes up in terms of growth, and then it kind of stabilizes. And then, usually, if there's no reimagining at some point of that stabilization. In many cases, you will see a decline. And I think that's what's happening with many of our churches um, around, around the country. There's no reimagination. There's no excitement about that reimagination or enthusiasm. And people become very settled in being stable. And then eventually they will see a decline, I think. Yeah. And you see this in Absalom Jones's ministry, and I, I think this is this is the, something I think a lot about, and that is, what does faithfulness mean now? I mean, we 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 hold up all these holy men and these holy women as we should, and we learn from their examples, and we take courage 
uh, from the fact that they, you know, they, they fought the good fight in their day. Um, but I always want to ask myself, you know, uh, taking a page, you know, from them, you know, what is courage, faithful courage mean now? What is, what is, you know, Christian kindness and compassion mean, you know, now given all of the complications of our modern life. And so, uh, it's just wonderful to hear that, uh, this quest continues, uh, at, uh, at, at St. Thomas. Yeah. I think we need more, we need definitely need more of it within the life of um, the church. But Absalom was, he, I mean, he was persistent. He had persistent faith in God and certainly um, in the church, uh, which was which was seen as God's instrument. But his faith was in God, number one. And we will continue, um, I, as long as I'm there, I'm hoping when I'm not there at St. Thomas any longer, that we will continue as a parish um, to bear witness and make contributions um, to the city, to the state, to the nation, and to the world um, in a way that um, Absalom, I think, would be um, proud. And of course, uh, above all that, continuing to build up God's kingdom. Because ultimately, that's what we're, I think, all trying to do. That's all, all of our attempt. Amen. Uh, folks, we have had the, the privilege and the pleasure of being with the very Reverend Martini Shaw, uh, the 17th rector of the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas in Philadelphia. Martini, God bless you and thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. And to any of the listeners out there, if you're ever in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, um, <laughs> make sure you, on a Sunday morning, stop by St. Thomas and feel the presence of the Lord. For there we always say the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is always going on. So I send an invitation to anyone in Philadelphia to visit us and worship with us. I love it. I love it. God bless. God bless.